This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 27. And today I'm going to be talking about, I hope that this will be a message of encouragement to you. Because we've been talking about the changing seasons of life. And when we first began this Life Path series, we started out with a message on on the changing seasons, how things so abruptly, aggressively come into our life that just changes things, turns things all upside down. And it causes us to have all kinds of different reactions when things are not normal. Or when things are different or foreign to you, you know that something's not right. And for whatever reason, you're going through this this thing about, Lord, why is this happening to me right now? Today, I want to speak a message of encouragement to you. And I want you to think about this, the season of waiting on God. The season of waiting on God. And I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me here in Psalms chapter 27. Let me remind you while you're turning that the Bible indeed is a book of faith. Let me remind you of some things here. How could it possibly be? And when we read Genesis chapter 1, where God stepped out on the portals of nothing and said, let there be light. The Bible is a book of faith. How can we believe that this God who stepped out on the portals of nothing and said, let there be light, also said in the very next chapter how he took the dust from the ground and how he breathed the life into a man whom he created from the dust of the ground, breathed the breath of life on him, making him to become a living soul. That's what the word says. The Bible is a book of faith. How how is it that the waters of the Red Sea parted for the children of Israel to cross safely on dry ground and how the pursuing Egyptian army were drowned and lost at the water, at the sea? How is it that A donkey spoke in the word. We're to believe that as Christian people. How do we believe that a man survived an entire night in a den of lions who were ravagely starved intentionally for the purpose of consuming this individual? How do we believe that he woke up the next morning How did we believe that others woke up the next morning and found this man, the prophet Daniel, still alive? Well, the Bible says it's a book of faith. How do we believe that one man, who the Bible calls Jesus, could be the Savior of the world? How how is it that we believe that all it would take is one drop of his royal crimson blood to provide salvation for the world. How is it that we... See, the Bible is a book of faith. These are the things the Bible speaks of. 
And in order to believe these incredible stories of the word, we have to appropriate our faith. There are people of the world that mock us every day for believing these things. But the Bible is a book of faith. The thing that I want to stress with you this morning is this, that not only is the Bible a book of faith, incredible, miraculous stories, but here's the thing. You have to make the Bible your faith. Everything in the Bible you know is incredible. It's miraculous. It's wonderful. It's inspiring. You know that. But you have to make this book, this Bible, the inspired word of God, you have to make it a book of your faith. You have to personally believe it to be God's infallible, inspired word from cover to cover. You have to do that. And that's very important to understand what we're going to be talking about today. When the season changes in your life that demands that you wait on God. And I want to talk about that this morning in Psalms chapter 27. And I've got several scriptures that I'm going to be giving uh, you this morning. And I pray that they can get them on the screen as quick as possible so that we can move on quickly here. But the scripture that I want you to notice first off this morning will be the cornerstone of our message today. And it's found in Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 14. And we're talking about the season of waiting on God. Psalms chapter 27 and verse number 14. Look at this because the scripture contains some great spiritual truths here. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. That's difficult sometimes. Wait on the Lord. I can remember just the other day, Brother Philip, you and I were talking in the choir loft here and you, you came forward at the end of the service and this is what you said to me. You said, I don't know what's going on in my body. I don't know exactly what I, what's happening to me. And this is what you said. I don't know what God's going to do. If he takes me on, if he keeps me here, I don't know. But I'm just trusting him. Many of you right now are in this predicament. Sister Brenda, listen, you're trusting God. You're trusting God to get you through one of the most horrific times of your life. You're trusting God. You're trusting God for his presence, for his peace, for his comfort. You are trusting God. And my prayer is, and I, and I hope that all of our congregation, we're praying for you. God, give her that strength that encouragement that she needs. But you're trusting God. This entire congregation today, if I were to stop and to go one by one, we are all, Brother Jerry, you're trusting God. Some of the things that you're going through right now, you're trusting God. And I could go on and on today. We're trusting God by faith to do some incredible things for us. But here's the thing. In the period of time that we're trusting God, God doesn't necessarily always work like that. Now, he does provide miracles. He's still the same miracle working God, and God can provide a miracle just like this. Brother David experienced one yesterday. For whatever reason, he went into my chicken coop. 
the royal descendant of Lucifer <laughs> did not come after him. And I asked him, I said, did you take a stick in there with you? He said, no, I didn't even see him. I told Brian, I said, you have witnessed a miracle. <laughs> but I'm saying this, God's still in the miracle working business. And if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, you know what? This Galilean, this Nazarene, this man from Nazareth, listen carefully. He can still do that. But many times, many times, he doesn't. And that requires a struggle on our part because it involves patience, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So what do we do when we are earnestly praying, Brother Philip? When we're earnestly praying, and God doesn't do it like that, what do we do? Because the Bible is a book of faith. We have to believe in him. We have to trust him. But what do we do in this period of time that we wait? And that's what we're talking about today, the season of waiting on God. Brother Sergio, I remember many months ago, you told me that your father had cancer. And we begin to pray. We begin to trust the Lord. And I told you, and as I prayed with you and the family, I told you, I said, we have to just trust God. Now, there were many months that went by, but just the other day, Sister Heather told me that some great improvements have happened. But let me tell you something. There was a period of time you didn't know what was going to happen. You had to wait on God. You had to trust God. And again, I will say this, that's the story of all of us today. Your little granddaughter, we were just talking about her last week on the phone. You've been waiting on God for some news. Now you have news. Now you've got to trust him to move forward. Everybody in here today, we are all in a position this morning where there are something, there's something going on in our life or around our life, and we're trusting God. We're, we don't know. We cannot see, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. We don't know what, what tomorrow holds. All we can do is trust God. Brother Willie, I was talking to you yesterday about your heart procedure here. There was a period of time where you didn't know what was going to happen. All you had, all you had was this Bible of faith and belief in God. You knew the miracles, you knew the stories, but you were in a position to where all you could do was trust God. And that's where many of us are today, where all we can do. I remember you, Dad, we go in there. Almost two years ago, you didn't know what was going to happen to you. Leukemia, lymphoma, we, we didn't know what that meant, what that was, what the journey was. And you had to trust God, Mom, every day. Have trust God. All, all, all we could do was pray. Brother Johnny Hamilton, Sister Pat, listen, we didn't know what was going to happen to him. We had all that kidney trouble. We didn't know. All we could do was wait on God. 
That's all we can do at times is just wait. But the waiting, the waiting is hard. One of the greatest spiritual lessons that I've learned as a believer is this. And there are several great lessons that I've learned in life. But one of the greatest, I believe one of the fundamental greatest lessons that I have learned in my life is this, to always obey God. The scripture says it's better to obey God than men. Because if we obey God, here's the thing that I want you to understand today. You say, well, preacher, there are some things that's just too difficult for me. There's just, it's just, I don't know that I can do it. But here's the thing. If you get to a place in your life where you surrender, you obey God, then here's what you have to do. If you're going to obey God, then you have to leave all the consequences of obeying God up to God. If you're going to obey him, leave all the consequences to him. And that's a great comfort to me. Because listen carefully, if God says to do something, then God has to resume all and assume all of the responsibilities of what he's asking me to do. If I do it, if God says it and I do it, then God has to assume all the responsibility of it. You think about that. The second greatest lesson that I've learned in life is not only to obey God, but I have learned along life's way is this, to wait for God's timing. In our journey of pursuing God, listen carefully, it's not just the what that we need to know of what God wants us to do. Now, the what is important. I preached a message It may have been last Sunday in this process of aging, but here's the thing. It's not just the what that we're trusting God for. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody, God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And we need to diligently seek what his will and what his purpose and what his plan is for our life. We have to diligently seek that. But listen carefully. It's not only important to know what the what is. That's, that's critical. But the other important lesson in my life is not only to obey God, but it's when. It's one thing to know the what, but the when is just as important as the what. And I hope you can get that today. I hope that sinks down deep into your heart today. None of us will ever go wrong if we're waiting on God's timing. But I will tell you this, waiting on God's timing requires a great deal of patience. And patience is something that we all struggle with. Every one of us. All of us have probably learned by now that when we try to get ahead of God, when we try to move faster than God, when God's not doing that, all of us have probably learned by now is that we're going to ultimately get in trouble when we do that. And I want you to look again at Psalms number 27, chapter 27 and verse number 14. There's a word in there that I want you to see. The emphasis is on the first word and that's wait. Wait on the Lord and then notice this, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Again, David is writing and he says, wait, I say, on the Lord. 
Now, there are several passages of scripture that I want to give you on this word wait that admonishes us. And I call them classic passages of scripture. And I want to give them to you very quickly. Three of them that go hand in hand with Psalms 27. And I'm going to give them to you repetitiously. And so you might just want to write them down when you see the reference appear. They have them on the screen ready to go. And I want them to be quick with this. But there are three passages that go hand in hand with the first word that you see in Psalms 27. And again, I emphasize that even though all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, from Genesis to Revelation, And we cannot put any more emphasis on another, but I will tell you this. To me, they are classic scriptures that go hand in hand with this word wait. And the first one comes from the book of Isaiah, and you know it well. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. For the sake of time, let's move quickly through this. But notice what the writer says. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. Now, I want you to notice this one real quickly. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse number 25. The scripture says, The Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeketh him. And then one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament comes from the book of Micah. The book of Micah chapter 7 and verse number 7. Here's what the word says. Therefore, while I look unto the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now, if you take into consideration, we could give you many others, but we've narrowed it down to three this morning for the sake of time. But when you think about these three passages of Scripture that we've just given to you, I want you to go back to Psalms 27. Keep in mind, we're talking about this word wait, waiting on God's timing. In Psalms 27, again, verse 14, notice it very carefully. The Bible says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. I want you to underline this word courage. And he shall strengthen thy heart. Underline again the word wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, the word of God says that if we're going to wait, look at this very carefully. If we're going to wait, then we're going to need some courage. Wait on the Lord. And then the Holy Spirit now is moving the heart of David to write this. Be of good courage. So waiting on God at difficult times in our life does require courage. And I want you to see this. Especially, listen carefully, especially if we think that what we need, we need it right now. If we think that what we need in our life, we need it right now, then we're going to need some courage. And I will tell you why. Try to embrace this spiritual truth as we talk about it today because God's timing does matter in our life. And if we can accept this, then we know that God's timing, listen very carefully, God's timing is good. God's timing is the best. But God's timing is perfect. So if you can remember all three of these things, God's timing is good, it's the best, but it's perfect. God knows much. He knows much about all of the details 
the things that are going on in our life, he knows these things that we cannot see. Never forget that God is omniscient. That means he knows everything. And so one of the biggest components that I do as a pastor is this. I I sit in my office many times and with uncountable scores of people who are seeking advice for hardships that they're going through. And they want my input on monumental decisions that they have to make. And this is what I've discovered through the years of, of doing that. And that is this. Scores of people, they want my help in trying to help them navigate through the storms of life. And always, it seems like that in the very beginning of this process, when we've made the appointment, they've come in, and I've asked them to share with me the situations many times before we finish talking about this circumstance and, and this thing of contemplation and this great valley of decision that they're in. Many times before they finish, they interject and say this. We've already made our decision. We've already come to the conclusion. We've already made our mind up. And then, then they tell me this. We've prayed about it. And then... They kind of like put the cherry on top of all of that and says, and God's given us perfect peace about it. And I sit back thinking to myself, then what are we doing here? And I think about this just for a minute, but what complicates it even more is that when I, I sit and I listen to this and I hear the conclusion that they've come to, it's clear to me and I don't know why. And I've asked God many, many times, Many times, it's clear to me that what some have said that they have prayed about it and they've got perfect peace about it, God has told them to do it and I'm stepping back because what I see is that they're tilted towards tragedy and I say, God, how in the world can they blame this on you? How in the world could they misconstrue an answer and, and, and say that they have perfect peace about this? Believe me, when it comes to decision-making, I look at my dilemmas, I look at my situations as if it were a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. And when I look at my situations that come to me where it demands a decision, I, I take every single thing in step and I put everything under a microscope. All of my staff, all of my faculty know this. In fact, if you were to call Justin Morphis, he worked on our staff several years ago. If you were to call him anywhere in the world today and ask him, what is the number one thing that, that you remember about being under Pastor Tony's leadership? I promise you he will say this. He is a very detailed person. You, you could ask anybody. A very deep, and, and I don't say that boastfully, but I will tell you, I don't make decisions in 15 minutes. I take things and put them under the microscope very carefully. But let me say this, that by, by large, human nature doesn't, doesn't always want to wait. Human nature doesn't always want to give it some time. People have a tendency now, and I, and I'm for the logical, 
aspects of those decisions and I'm for the common sense aspect to those decisions. But listen, sometimes when we're facing critical things, we have a tendency to totally disengage ourselves of the voice of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual aspect of this. Yes, there is a logical, there is a common sense, but there is always, and there must be as a believer, there must be the spiritual aspect of this. You've got to have faith and faith requires much time of waiting on God. You, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that people sat in my office and told me that this is what God wanted them to do and God's given them perfect peace about it and I can see a logical perspective. I can see a common sense perspective, but I will tell you this. The thing that behooves me a lot is this, that none of it makes any sense. And, and, and I sit back and, and I say, God, do something here. They're not listening to you. I don't know what it is, but it's extremely important. God helps them, help them to see this. Now, let me inter- interject and say this. When you're making decisions, you have to, as a believer, if you're going to believe the Bible to be a book of faith, and if you're going to apply your faith, then listen very carefully. You have to, as a believer, you have to know the voice of God. You have to. You have to know his voice. I want you to see this in John chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, and I'm going to move quickly with these scriptures here. The Bible says to him, The porter openeth and the sheep, notice this, hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know, they know his voice. But let me say this, to know God's voice, listen carefully now, because some of you might be struggling with this today. To know God's voice, you have to be one of his sheep. He says this in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So how do we hear God's voice? You, you hear God's voice by reading the scriptures. This is God's word. When you open this book, listen, when you pray, you talk to God. But when you open this book, he talks to you. So one of the best ways that you can know the voice of God is when you open this book and you begin to read it. You can know God's voice by the wooing of the Holy Spirit. You can know God's voice through the avenue of prayer. And if you're a child of God, listen carefully, you're you're in a situation right now that's requiring some time to wait. You're getting fidgety. You're getting impatient. You don't want to spend that time waiting. You want things to happen now. But listen, if you are a child of God, listen... And you're waiting on God. God, speak to me. And and you're praying every day. God, show me your will. Show me your path. Show me what I must do. Listen very carefully. If you are doing that diligently, you have the promise. If you're saying, God, I'm seeking you. I want to hear your voice. You've got to speak to me. Listen, if you have the promise of scripture that if you seek him, you can find him. You can hear him. He will reveal himself to you. Let me give you four scriptures real quickly. Write them down. Psalms chapter 9 verse 10. They're on the screen here. Look at this. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee for thou. Look at that. Lord has not forsaken them that seek thee. 
In Isaiah 55, 6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. And in Luke chapter 11, verse number 9, one that you're very familiar with, the scripture says, And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And so listen carefully. While you're waiting on God, you're going through a process here. You're facing a dilemma. You've got to make a critical decision. And you've prayed, Oh God, speak to me. Show me your way. And there's a period of time where you just are not getting the signal. You're just not getting the answer. It doesn't mean that you just have to jump to things at your own will. Listen, while you're going through all of these difficulties, this is a season of life that you're going through where you find yourself waiting on God and he's not doing that with you. You just spend some time. Open your heart to clearly listen to him. The psalmist said this, that while you're waiting, while you're waiting, listen now, take courage. Psalms 27, 14. Wait on the Lord and take courage. Now, why did the Holy Spirit inspire David to write that, to take courage? Why did the Holy Spirit inspire him to write that? Because why would we need courage to hear from God? If that's what we're doing, if that's what we're seeking, We're seeking his voice. We're seeking his will. We're seeking an answer. We're seeking direction. If then, if we're truly seeking God in our dilemmas and our point of question and our times of frustration and, and, and the times of desperation, if we're truly seeking God, then why would we need courage in this process? Listen carefully, because when you became a believer, When you trusted Jesus as your Holy Spirit, as as your Savior, the Holy Spirit, now listen. When you trusted him as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit indwelt you. Now get this, and I want to present it the best way that I can. You don't find the Holy Spirit somewhere 10, 15 years after you get saved. When you get saved, when you get born again, you, you immediately, the Bible says that we are baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. And so the very moment that you give your heart to Jesus, you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. You are, the, the Holy Spirit comes in and he indwells you. Now there's a difference between being indwelt with the spirit and being filled with the spirit. Every Sunday morning in my office before I leave my office and every Sunday morning that I'm sitting in this chair, Sister Rhea singing or somebody else is singing, I sit in my chair and I say, Lord God, please today fill me with your spirit from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I pray, God, that you would give me anointing. I pray, God, that you would give me liberty. I pray, God, that you would give me unction. I pray, God, that you would help me to be a lightning rod for your people. I pray, God, that you would speak clearly to me and through me that I can be a blessing to all. But I don't have to pray every day to be indwelt by the Spirit. When I got saved and born again, the Holy Spirit of God came into me. But I do need to be filled day by day. I cannot preach one sermon without being filled with the Spirit. 
And so listen to this. The the Holy Spirit, when we got saved, the Holy Spirit came in and indwelt us. And it was for a purpose. The Holy Spirit didn't come in to present to me a feeling. The Holy Spirit came in and indwelt me with a purpose. He came in to give me direction. He came in to be the the leader and guide in my life of truth. He came in to give me instruction. He came in to give me caution. He came in to convict me of things. So listen, when God speaks, listen very carefully. When God speaks, because I have the Holy Spirit, when God speaks to me, I've been praying about something very specifically and God hasn't Snapped his fingers. God has not allowed it to happen instantaneously. And though he can, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He said, Lord, bid me to come. And he stepped out of the boat. By the way, Peter would criticize him a lot. But by the way, he was the only man that had enough faith to get out of the boat. He said, Lord, bid me to come. He gets out of the boat. He gets on the sea and he sees Jesus. He's walking to the Lord. But all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. And he prayed. He cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. He took the hand of Peter and he brought him up. So I'm telling you this. Sometimes the Lord can do that. Sometimes he takes four days, what you consider to be late. And you could really ask Mary and Martha about that. Sometimes he says, wait, and it's this thing. When you're going through the process of waiting and you're facing a critical thing, something has overwhelmed you. You are devastated in your life and you praying. You're doing all that you know what you can do. Sergio, I just keep going back to this. Here you are in the United States of America. Your father is in Mexico. He's going through a cancer surgery. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't get to him overnight. There are flights and things and families and you just cannot do it. And all you can do is wait and trust God. It's all you could do. Sometimes that's what we're facing. We're facing these dilemmas that all we can do is wait. And sometimes, listen now, when we have these circumstances that we're dealing with, and because we are saved and we have the Holy Spirit And the Holy Spirit now is speaking to this troublesome time in our life. The Holy Spirit, God's mouthpiece, listen, may be saying things to us that doesn't make sense. Because we've thought it through logically. We've thought it through with common sense. So listen, David said, wait. Because waiting, you're going to need courage. Why do you need courage? Because when the Holy Spirit begins to speak, he may say something to you that doesn't make sense. And you're pressed with something and you've got to back up just a little bit and you've got to continue to wait on God. Because sometimes it's going to take courage for you to say to yourself, When you've looked at it from a common sense and a logical perspective and you feel all the walls closing in on you and you feel like this is a situation where you've got to know right now, sometimes it's going to take courage when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and say, this is not good. Don't do this. 
This is not going to be something that's going to honor God. You cannot see the whole picture. God sees it all. He's omniscient. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, not now, not now. And by faith, you're going to have to trust the Holy Spirit with courage to say to yourself, no. That takes courage. Because you might believe it to be another way. You might see it from a logical perspective that it's the only answer. And the Holy Spirit is saying no. And then you've got to step up and say, okay, by faith, because I'm a believer. Then I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to trust you, God. And I'm going to say to myself with courage, no. Now you think about that just for a moment. Not now, the Holy Spirit says, not now. You might have to step back with courage and you might be fearful. Your knees might be knocking, but you're going to have to step up and say to yourself, no, and that's going to take courage. You're going to say, I'm waiting on God. God has not told me this. Logic has and common sense has, but not the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I've got to say no. I've got to have courage to say no to myself because I am going to wait on you, God. So let's talk about this just for a minute. When we're going through a season of waiting on God and God is taking his precious time with us, how should we respond to that? First of all, listen. You've got to make sure you know his voice. I don't know that I'm going to be able to finish this today. And so let me, let me just stop here because I, I, I definitely won't have time to develop the second point. When you're in this dilemma and God is speaking to you and you feel in your heart the Holy Spirit saying no, and you're stepping up and you're saying, this doesn't make sense to me. Remember this, that God sees what you cannot see. So here's the thing. It's going to take courage. That's why I said to you just a minute ago, when I make decisions, never, never, never make them like this. If somebody says, I got to know now, say no, say no. No matter how enticing and tempting it is, say no. I'll tell you a couple of true stories that happened to me when I was a young preacher many years ago next Sunday, Lord willing. But listen carefully. What's imperative here is this. You have to know his voice. Teresa, you sang a song last Sunday. He still speaks. I know his voice. This is, this is so true. You, you have to know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. You have to know his voice. And again, I gave you several avenues of how God speaks to you. You have to try the spirits and see if they be of God. So the one thing that I want to leave you with today as musicians come forward is this. You have to be willing to wait. Never make a decision when you're pressed up against the wall that requires you to say something now, say no. And listen, that's going to take courage. 
because you're going, you're going to say, I have no other choice. I have no other options. This is good. This is a do or die, sink or swim. I've got to know right now. Don't do, oh, if you have to make a decision right now, make the decision, no. But it will require you to have courage. Because see, what you're doing, you're saying to yourself, self, no. And the reason why I'm saying to you, self, no, is because I'm still waiting on God. And I know his voice. And God hasn't moved me. Oh, there's a fleshly side of me that looks at this to be so appealing, so to be on spot, so to be right on, so to be right on the money. Flesh, I, I know what you're dealing with here, but God hasn't spoke. I know his voice. And so, self, I'm just going to tell you, no. And when you tell yourself no, it takes courage. That's why the psalmist said, wait on the Lord. Wait. Be of good courage. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.